just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Packer Up, boys, brought to you by the best beer in all the land. Bloke beer, get down to your local liquor legends, IGA Plus Liquor, Celebrations, Bottolo, you name it, we are in independent liquor stores. Get into your local, grab a case, and as usual, let's get to the, the traditional. Is it traditional yet? Has it been going long enough? I don't know. Boom, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ritualistic. We'll say ritualistic. I don't know if it's a tra- tradition yet. I wonder how long something has to be going before it is considered a tradition. Yeah, I guess maybe, I mean, it depends on what it is, but we've been doing this for a year. So I guess maybe when we go, get into next season, it's, it's a tra- tradition. Yeah. I mean, Google that. Google that. How long before a tradition locks in? What's the definition? Um, wow. Docos, sports docos. Love them. Love them. David Beckham. Oh. What a documentary. What a documentary. And I love the fact that it wasn't all roses and David Beckham's the greatest human being and he shits sunshine and gold and how perfect he is. And no, it was such a good insight into this guy that incredible footballer, soccer player, incredible, but also can be selfish sometimes. Also dealing with the mega stardom that he dealt with. Also conflicting uh, beliefs in what happened, like Alex Ferguson saying one thing happened, Beckham saying another thing happened. It is so good. I will just interrupt for one second mm. to define tradition. Slightly off, We're gonna. this is gonna have to be generational. It has to hit wow. three generations. What? Two, okay, there's obviously a thousand definitions, mm. but this is the first one, Google. Mm. At least two transmissions over three generations are required for a practice belief or an object to be seen as traditional. So first into second, second into third. Yep. And a generation, how long is a generation? I guess, I mean... What, 20 years? Yes, well, we'll write, 20 ask, to, how long is a generation? Holy shit! So if you get named a tradition, I mean, you've put in the hard yards. You've put in the hard yards because you can't be going, oh, yeah, it's a yearly tradition when you've been doing a couple of years now. Yeah, All right, so obviously it depends on kids and stuff, but generally considered 20 to 30 years. What? So, so we've been throwing around tradition willy-nilly like it's nothing. Like it's absolutely nothing. Like it's a family tradition and it's a fucking Christmas get-together for three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh a great point, actually. I say, I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a family tradition. We yeah. get together. We've been getting together for five years, Arnie, Ronnie. <laughs> what the hell? We've got 55 to go. Holy heck is Jesus. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. Wow. Time is such a bizarre thing because in our minds, we can't actually fathom long spaces of time. Mm. Like when you think about it, what is, what can you really fathom? Like what actually fits in your mind? Maybe 10 years, you reckon? Where you can actually go, okay, I can see the impact of 10 years. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't remember anything like fully, maybe when I was in before high school, so. But like, when you sit in your head and go, okay, you know, in 10 years time, this will happen. And you oh. can see kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I can see that. Whereas when you say things like a thousand years. Yeah, true. When you say the word a thousand years, people go, oh yeah, yeah it's a long time. Ma- yeah, sorry, have I you misunderstood. thought about how long that is? I haven't, but I, I misunderstood what you said. I think I do agree. I think 10 years is probably the, the perfect It's honestly amount. about 10 years yeah. where a human can kind of look at and go, oh, okay, I can see that. I'll be 30. I... Whereas anything longer than that, you're going, well, like, I don't really fit it in my head. Yeah, not at all. Not like, at all. Okay, look at a thousand years, for example. Mm. America has been around for, well, Australia has been around for what, 200? 200, 200, well, 200 years, 200, as in, uh, yeah. 
this version of Australia, not the real Australia, yeah. the Indigenous Australia. That's that's and that all I was going to get to. The point I was going to get to. Yeah, sixty five thousand years. Anyway, we'll get to that. America's been around for about what two hundred and fifty years or something. Honestly, I am not very good at history, so Did I don't you know. Google it. Yes. How long's America Sorry. been around? <laughs> Jesus. When I ask you a question you don't know, just go bomb. I'll Google uh, it and get it straight up. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for three years. So America, you know, the world powerhouse or the world power, the world leader, air quotations, you know, strongest military we've ever seen. How long? 247. 247. So 250 years it's been around. Think about that. So America, we see it almost as something that's been around forever. That's what we think of. Like America, you think, okay, that's just, that's the world power. It's number one, biggest military the world's ever seen. You know, all that kind of stuff. 250 years ago, didn't even exist. I That has actually blown my mind. I yeah. did not, I, I, that, that proves the point. Yeah. You don't even, that's only 250 years. Mm. Now think about it. I think the, the, I think the building of the pyramids is closer to the iPhone than it is to Cleopatra or the starting of Egypt or something like that. So say right in building of pyramids closer to iPhone, it'll come up. This will blow your mind to, to that really will drive home that as humans, we don't understand the concept of time, like how long it can be because it is actually wild. <laughs> okay, so you were bang on. The difference in time between the construction of the pyramids, pyramids and Cleopatra's time is roughly 2,500 years. Well, comparatively, it is 2,037 years to that and launch of the iPhone. Think about that. <laughs> like, seriously. Like Cleopatra is associated with Egypt. So you would just assume, yeah, she was the, yeah. you know, the woman leader of Egypt and, and all that kind of stuff. She is further away. So, so take her back. From now to the pyramids, yep. take that same slice of time back. She's further back than that in human history time. That is honestly one of the most mind-blowing things I've ever heard. I'll take it further. So that's four and a half thousand years, roughly. Yeah, come on. Four and a half yeah, yeah, thousand yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. The indigenous people have been around for 65,000 years in this country. They're the oldest living culture in the history of, in the world. 60, so four and a half thousand years to Cleopatra. Yeah. Two and a half thousand years or 2,000 years to the pyramids. 65,000 years. That's crazy. The, the pyramids is what's getting me. That's 2,500 years ago, roughly, or just, just a bit less. Well, 2,037. 2000, sorry, 2,000 years ago, you're right. Cleopatra and is another 400 years. 470 years <sighs> past that. So America could come and go <laughs> or come twice in the time between Cleopatra and the pyramids. Holy shit. And that's what I mean. We don't get time as humans because yeah. we are so, we are minuscule. Like we are a dust. We are literally a piece of dust. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, a piece of dust in time. You know this, isn't it? The If you if you put the whole history of the globe of, of Earth into a year calendar, we've only been around for four seconds. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, something insane. That's wild. Because it's been around for billions of years. Yeah. And we can, can't even, like billions of years, we can't even fathom. Yeah. Like imagine a civilization that is a, only a thousand years ahead of us, how advanced they'd be. But there are planets that may have been around for a billion years. Mm. So if imagine a civilization that's out there that's been around for a billion years longer than us. Like it would, it would, they would be, I mean, even a thousand years, even a thousand years, they would be gods to us. Yeah. And that's why I always think when I think of like aliens and stuff, like what if, what if other galaxies and stuff have been around for that long and they're obviously so much more developed? Like they, they could just come to us. Well, it, they will think about all this. It's uh, it goes to the Fermi paradox, I think. Um, 
there's an argument to be made that you know why hasn't basically why haven't there um there's so many plants in our, just in our solar system that could have life potentially yeah that we should have made contact with aliens but imagine it like this you're a a race that's a thousand years ahead of us or we'll just say we'll say ten thousand years ahead of humans you wouldn't care about it like you would just be watching the earth but you wouldn't contact us yeah because we're we're like ants to them yeah. like you know when you you fly past and you see some monkeys in a, a forest or whatever do you stop and go oh i'm going to go down and talk to those monkeys no, no you like you just observe them and go okay they're not as you know they, they can't think like we can think that's how far ahead that alien race would wow. be is that like they reckon the furthest a race could possibly ever get is if they can control atoms and matter which means that technically like let's say you went into a black hole yeah like you would obviously die and be torn apart but all energy energy never disappears it only transfers if they could they they reckon eventually you know we're talking you know a billion years or a million years in the future they could have a um a basically a machine that could re-put together all of your atoms mm. that would make you. So that's, you're, so so what you're saying is that that is the most advanced. That's as far as we can get if we could yeah. control, you know, atoms and, yeah. and whatever. Because basically what it would say is, is that anything that has any energy that has passed throughout the universe over the last billion years, if they could gather it all up and put it back in sequence, it would be you. Fuck. Seriously. Seriously crazy Seriously. stuff. I mean, now obviously like that's you know science fiction kind of stuff yeah but i mean that's that's the idea that you know you are only made up of a certain amount of atoms and all that kind of stuff and matter I so if like, you could i feel like i should read read more stuff because like i literally spend my week just like watching sports documentaries and just doing <laughs> shit and then for this hour a week my mind is always just blown <laughs> this is this is this is just insane speaking of sports documentary david beckham amazing I think that for people now, they don't actually appreciate how big David Beckham and Posh Spice was. I honestly, I knew they were famous. I had no idea. Nah, you don't understand. They were the most famous people in the world. Yeah, like they were the people in the world. Like you had the essentially one of the biggest pop stars in the world with the biggest footballer in the world getting together. Yeah, it would be like who's the biggest pop star in the world? You reckon right now, Taylor Swift? So he, she, she's with what that Kelsey? Kel Kelsey, whatever. Yeah. And I can't stop seeing it. And I want to stop seeing yeah. it. Look, I'm, look, I love love. I love love. I really do. And I'm happy for Taylor Swift and the Kelsey guy. I'm yeah. happy. There's no hate on them. Because they're not the ones, uh, they're not the one putting the posts up. But I can't see ESPN and that put any more posts of when he scores a touchdown or makes a catch and she's cheering or whatever. Like the first couple of weeks, cute. Yeah. Brings a tear to the eye. Yeah. I love love, baby. Happy for him. Now, and again, it's not their fault. They didn't do it. But I don't want to see it anymore. Nah, I don't care anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. And matter of fact, I actually reckon they're doing them more harm than good. Yeah. Because it's like they didn't tell ESPN to upload all this stuff about them the whole time. You've got this game, you've got this game called NFL that's worth gazillions of dollars. And all you're seeing is a pop star. And, yeah. And Kelsey, he's a, what is he, a good wide, uh, good receiver? Look, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. Hadn't but heard okay, let's put this way. Yeah. Let's say he's one of the better. I'm wide, sure I think he is, yeah. Let's say he's just one of the better wide receivers. If he is a wide receiver, apologies not. Let's say he's just one of the better NFL players. We're just saying NFL players. He's definitely not He's definitely not um, a GOAT right now. Mm. He's definitely not, you know, one of the best in the entire world across all sports. Beckham was literally one of the best in football, the biggest sport in the world, way bigger than NFL. 
he was one of the best and he was the most known star. So imagine him. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? It is like Ronaldo, peak Ronaldo getting with Taylor Swift. Do you know what's so funny? When you're explaining this in my head, I'm like, all right, think of an example. That was my example. Yeah. Peak like Ronaldo. Peak Ronaldo, because Ronaldo, good looking, all yeah. these endorsements, whatever. Peak Ronaldo getting with Taylor Swift at her peak. That's what it's like. Because that Posh Spice, the Spice Girls. Yeah. The freaking huge. Massive, yeah. And that, yeah, you're right. That would break the break the internet. It would, you wouldn't stop reading about it. Yeah. You, you literally wouldn't stop. I mean, look what's happening with Taylor Swift and a guy that's, you know, not really well known. Yeah. I can't stop seeing it. Yeah, seriously. And seriously. I don't even follow, follow NFL. Like I saw an uh, article just before we, we started. It was Daily Mail and it was breaking news. Taylor Swift is at the Chiefs game today. Yeah. And it was it had like all these likes and yeah. And it's again, no hate on Swifty. I'm, I'm happy. I hope you, look, I hope you found love, baby. Yeah. Hope you found love. And Kelsey, if I'm saying that right, hope you found love. But at the end of the day, I don't even, these like Kelsey's not even close to how big Beckham was. Like not, oh, even, God, no. not even in the same stratosphere yeah. as him. And yet this is how much airtime it gets. Imagine Ronaldo got with Taylor Swift. Oh, that was, as I said, it like was doesn't doesn't Ronaldo's I think old missus have like sixty million followers yeah. on Instagram or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and she's you know, you know, she I'm sure she does the things in her own right, but most of those followers are because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. So the, anyway, the documentary was amazing. Just just one last thing on the Taylor Swift thing. Did you see the conspiracy theory? Obviously, it's bullshit. They just played a team called the Jets, but there was this whole thing going around that she only went to the Jets game because there was this article last year that she was the number one celebrity in the world that like uses her private jet too much. And every time you type in Taylor Swift jet, all these like bad things come up. And obviously she's come out and said, no, I loan my private jet to people. It's just in my name. But then there was this like conspiracy theory going around that, that she only went to the Jets game. So that now if you type in Taylor Swift jet, it will be about this Travis Kelsey. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Mate, <laughs> this conspiracy stuff on the <laughs> internet. Cause like the, the problem is there's obviously conspiracies have happened. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. like so obvious, but it's gotten to the point where anything that comes out, people just don't believe it and there's a conspiracy. Yeah. It's just like, it's not conspiracy to, or anything that they don't like comes out, like any bit of information on news, not conspiracy. Yeah. But things they do like, like for example, the, what I don't get about a lot of conspiracies is, is where do you, if, if you don't trust that source of information, why do you trust this source of information? Yeah, people, so, choosing their own narrative. Yeah, like, so which source do you trust? Yeah. And if no one can be trusted, then you can never have a conspiracy because yeah. no one can be trusted. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Nah, not at all. And like, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't even want to go down that road. No, 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 no. Super passionate. I tell you what, <laughs> if you could take conspiracy people as a fan base and start a new NRL club oh. with it, it would be the most passionate fan base ever. Because yeah. like, what's crazy about conspiracy theorists is they'll defend any conspiracy till the death. Mm. So, like, could you imagine they took that passion and supported a sports team? It'd be mm. the greatest sports team in the history of mankind. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're like conspiracy, like WhatsApp groups and conspiracy, just like forums everywhere. Yeah, it's look, and please, just in the comments, you don't need to come out. Like, if you believe in conspiracies, that's good for you, mate. Yeah. Good for you. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying conspiracies haven't happened. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But let's just, look, let's be honest with each other right now as we're sitting here as blokes. You tend to be quite passionate about conspiracies yes there tends to be a very strong connection between believing something that a conspiracy is happening and defending it very strongly mm. and it seems like sometimes your identity is wrapped up in it yeah, let's yeah. just let's, let's just, just yeah. not everyone not everyone <laughs> no. but some i'm just saying very passionate 
And you know what? There's mm. some very passionate rugby league fans that their identity is wrapped up in their their sports team. Yep. Um, I'll happily admit to that one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I don't see. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It's all like, honestly, they're like a, a wild mob. I know. <laughs> and they're super aggressive. It's never like... Yeah, it's aggressive. It's, yeah, it's never like, hey, mate, like, you know, this is why I believe this certain thing mm. and, you know, this... It's like, you are a piece of shit for not believing <laughs> this thing. It's like, wow. Um, yeah, Beck Stocker. Yeah, so good. So good. And it's interesting to see Alex Ferguson and the similarities between him and Wayne Bennett. Oh, it's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, wow, they're similar. Yeah. And I'm, I understand Ferguson is much more successful, you know, I get all that, but geez, they're similar in the way they, you know, move and approach things. For sure. Things. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the first things I noticed, I, I loved what you said before, how it wasn't all like, you know, happy stories. I, I actually thought they played, obviously Beckham's one of the best football players ever. They played a lot of like bad highlights, I thought. Well, I, I thought like they didn't really even <laughs> celebrate how great he was. I, they didn't. You know, like they're like, yeah, he was really good, but they weren't like, they never sat with like, here's this crazy goal and this crazy, like, like yeah, it was more the man, the person. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong, they still had his big highlights and, you know, his uh, free kick against Greece, I think it was. They yep. still had all that kind of stuff, but yeah, they, they, they had plenty more footage they could have used. Like all the sure. titles he won at Manchester United, yep. you know, so yeah, it was an amazing doco. And like Victoria Beckham, I thought she'd come off great oh, too. Oh, she was, the, she was She's hilarious. the start of the show. She, without her, it would have lost a lot of its... Um, character yeah because she was so like like i mean we've all seen it the memes on the internet where she's like you know we all we both grew up middle class <laughs> yeah. and he's like uh what car did you used to drive around in that's so funny. and she didn't want to answer it and then she's like a rolls royce and he's like jesus but she was endearing for some reason you know it mm. didn't come off as how dare you say you're middle class it was almost like oh victoria yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are silly you're being silly victoria um, no, I thought she she added a lot of heart to the documentary. Yeah. And she was pretty. She was very honest the whole the whole. Really way honest, and also well, when Bex pulled her up, but also I liked <laughs> that she was honest about, you know, like she got to settle some scores in regards to she was blamed for a lot of stuff, yep. and when she was just you know a mother trying to take care of her family, and like the whole Manchester United thing, like and I know. You know, we try to give as much credit to partners as possible when in these sporting things. And it's a little bit different over there because they get up and move in a, in a week. Whereas over here, even though it's still hard for the partners, it definitely is. They get longer because the RLPA is putting these long-term yeah. contract kind of um, negotiations can happen. But over there, like, imagine you've got a family, you know, going to school, friends, and you've got to uproot them and just move countries. Now I get it. They get compensated for that. And that's the sacrifice, not sacrifice, that's the exchange they make. But it still doesn't make it easier. Well, it's, there's a huge language barrier. That's the first thing. They mm. had to go to Spain where the... Where yeah, but if your kids are in school, got these friends... Well, yeah. and you, So it's not even about the parents. Like, the parents can deal with it. They're fine. They'll go to another country. But, it, like, imagine telling your, your eight-year-old son or daughter, oh, you know those friends that you absolutely love? <laughs> yeah. Probably so, yeah. never going to see him again. We're going yeah. to another country that doesn't speak English. Yeah. Like, that, that, that has ramifications. It, it hurts the kids. It's yeah. hard. And I thought it was really good to see her side of things. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I thought I thought she was almost the star of the show. I I I love it. They didn't take long for her to come in as well, which was um which was great. And yeah, so just seeing the old footage of of her and David like just walking like obviously I was too young for all this, mm, right? Mm. Wasn't he just so ahead of time when it comes to like fashion and not really not fashion, but like putting yourself out there. And obviously she was the exact same. Mm. So that were oh, I, I really loved watching them like roll around England 
um, wearing all these crazy outfits and well, he was he was almost one of the first athletes or soccer players at the very least footballers that became a brand first. Yeah, you know maybe there was some before, but like you didn't see Diego Maradona, you didn't see Pele, to my understanding, while they were playing to this, and it's actually what created a lot of friction between him and Alex Ferguson. Yeah. is the fact that he was like, mate, you, you're changing because you're worried about your brain. You should be worried about football. And that's a debate that you can have online all day long where, you know, Beckham will say, no, I didn't. Some fans will say, yeah, you did. You, you, weren't, you weren't as hungry when you, you know, started worrying about your brand. I mean, even in the documentary, he says, no, I didn't. But yeah. Ferguson says, no, yeah. you did change. Yeah. And, and in Ferguson's book, he says, no, nah, he did change. He used to be a really hungry, chase every ball player. And then he started worrying about his brain and he lost that edge. Um, but regardless, it's a great documentary. And even the fact, like, I love the fact that we spoke about when he went over to America and he bounced again and he's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm bouncing again. Goes back and they win the, um, the league or whatever. That's yeah. so cool. So yeah. cool. And now he owns, you know, he owns a soccer team in America, yeah. into, into Miami. Into Miami, yeah. And I think when he, so part of his contract, I think, was like a licensed he, he said, part of the contract is I want 20, when I pay for a license for a club, it's 25 million. By the time it came around now, a license just to get a club in the MLS Major League Soccer League um, is $500 million. So like the money he's going to make off that club oh, is absolutely. going to be outrageous money. Yeah, crazy. Um, and isn't it, wasn't it just like a, a fitting end? Obviously the journey's still going for him, but a fitting end of the last kind of thing that he did was sign freaking Messi to his yeah. team. And then Messi comes over and just tears it apart. Yeah. So cool. So great doco. Definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend it. Um, I'm still in the SAS hole though. I'm still yeah. in the, I'm still watching that. Found some more seasons. Because I, I was going to watch season one to five because I thought Ant Middleton then changed to Celebrity one. And I, I don't know, like Celebrity one, like I might watch it, I might not, but I already know who the winners are. So it's like, what's the point of watching Celebrity SAS when you know who yeah, the winner is? Yeah, you know who Yeah. Um, Whereas the other ones I don't. And so I, I thought that he had left for Celebrity SES, but I'm in season six right now and he's still there. So, so can, I, can I just clarify something you said on DMP, which I didn't understand. So you watched it, you watched the early seasons, but they, you couldn't follow the actual winners? Is that no, right? No, no. So I went back to find season one to five. Yeah. Season one, you can get on Apple. Yeah. Season two to five, you've got to go on like daily motion to find the episodes. No, I meant like, because you said that you're not you're not able to find out who no, that's won. a different one oh. there's an australian sas actual course all oh, right where they're actually trying out for the sas oh, okay that's different to a tv show reality tv show oh okay i got mixed up yeah, yeah, yeah so there's one on youtube that's an actual they're actually trying out for the SES, and the australian film crews and that filmed it and they're actual aussies trying out oh gotcha, and gotcha. you don't find out who gets through because obviously their their identity can't be revealed. Hurry out, you are in the hole. I made Watching I'm everything. Deep in the hole. <laughs> I am deep in the hole. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just roared in me. It's roared in me. I yeah, I never forget the stories they tell us on the army camps of and it's yeah. But then you think, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm living a comfortable life. There's no need to get uncomfortable. Oh man. yeah. I love I love listening to like you you say quite a bit. But all footy players talking about their army camp stories. They're well, just fascinating. Put it this way. Any any footy player, league player, that's been at a club for a five to eight years or whatever, and if they went on any of these SAS TV shows, I'm not sure about the real SAS because it's so freaking long. That's like like weeks and weeks, if not months long. They should win it. Or yeah. not win it. They should at least n not withdraw and finish it. Yeah. Um, 
because and what have we seen? We've seen uh, Sammy Burgess killed it, Millie Boyle killed it, Darius Boyd killed it, Boyd Corner obviously was killing it. Then did his, did his Tories peck, peck yeah. but he would have finished it easy. For sure. And it's because they've already done similar stuff, if not maybe harder, because the difference between an NRL army camp and the the camp. I'm not talking about the real SAS camps. I'm talking about the celebrity SAS ones. Yeah. The celebrity SAS ones are really, really hard. Don't Please don't mistake me. Like the stuff they do is it's scary. It's challenging mentally. You've got to push yourself. But the, with the footy ones, you've got 30 super hyper fit blokes. So the fitness stuff that you can do is going to be a little bit different to, you know, people that are TV stars or, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's not good. So I think it's, I think there were celebrity SAS one, they, they, what they do is they mix in mentally tough stuff. That's like, you've right. got to, you know, if there's, if you're afraid of heights or whatever. Whereas I think the, the rugby league army camps, they're a mixture of super hard physical stuff where you're like, you know, you're pack marching for like 30 kilometers or whatever. Um, and that's why whenever I, I mean, you remember when Darius got nominated to go in the SAS last year, I said, I guarantee he finishes it. Yep. Yep. Guarantee he finishes it. And I guarantee he wins it because I, I've been in army camps with Darbs. Like we were both, 17 17 or 18 when we did our first longest six stay one so i know i know that a guy like darius like i know that people think you lived with him as well didn't yeah live with him as well but like darius will out train not out train in regards to he may not beat every single person in fitness even though i would argue he's one of the fittest men in the competition but he will out train most people when it turns when it means like turning up not giving in going all day like Darbs does that I know that people don't actually realize that with Darius because he's a because an outside back you don't really associate that with outside mm. backs but he he is one of the hardest best trainers that you'll ever come across ever come across and so that's why I knew for sure he'd win it I knew for sure yeah I mean <laughs> the proof in the pudding isn't it all the footy players that have gone they go on, on <laughs> they go on because, because they know the experience yeah it's like and I think also like people they're hard these things are hard but you'd be surprised at what you can get through. You just got to get used to it. Yeah. You, you would be surprised at, like you think that, oh, that's just only footy players can do that or whatever. No, nah, not at all. Like not at all. Like, of course you have, have, to, have to have a base fitness to get through it, but you'd be surprised how mentally tough you are once you are put in that position and just accept that this is what it is. I, like people would like to think, oh man, only the craziest could get through. Now, again, I'm not talking about the real SAS stuff because that is truly you're getting the best of the best. I'm just talking about, army camps that go for three to six days yeah they're they're like they suck they're so hard you don't want to be doing them but i promise you you know listeners or whatever you'd be surprised how hard how far you can go and how far you can push your body and you that's what's so good about these army camps is it teaches you so much about who you are as a person yeah um i guess us normal people like because the option of just not doing something is right there it's yeah, but yeah, for sure. Like the option of not doing something is there. But if you get put in an environment where it's like you don't have that option anymore. That's what I mean, yeah. Then you'd be surprised at how far you'll push yourself. Yeah. Now, like like even the, the rugby league, you know, camps, we have the option to go not doing it, fuck this, and walking off. Like, for example, if you're at work and you're doing something crazy, you have the option to go, I am not doing this and leaving. Now, you might lose your job, <laughs> um, but it's still, it, it's still an option. Yeah, It's of still an option. Um, and so, yeah, like it's yeah the SAS stuff it's so it's such an interesting thing to watch again I the celebrity stuff hard to watch because I don't I already know the winners but the stuff I'm watching on TV seeing how tough some of these people are yeah it's so cool to see so cool to see and as I said a lot of listeners you'd be surprised at how tough you you would be 
And I know you you may not think it, but you really would be surprised how far you'd be able to push yourself if you're put in the right environment. Mm. Um, I might watch the next season. I've never actually watched it, SAS. Go back and watch some of the early ones. Yeah. Um, like go back and watch season one of SAS Who Dares Wins. Okay. Because that was hectic. Because like they that's when they pack march for kilometers on end, kept them awake all night, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it teaches a lot about yourself. Does definitely does. Um, but anyway, we've got some international games on. Oh, so been starving rugby league. It's been what two is weeks. It Saturday or Saturday? Tomorrow night, Saturday is Australia versus Samoa, and then Sunday is PNG versus Cook Islands. Man, I can't believe Samoa was pushed out all the way to thirteen dollars. Look, I don't think they're going to win, but I think that price—I think that price is crazy. Do you think it's because Australia is, I'm assuming, a, yeah, a substantially bigger population than Samoa? I kind get, of like the uh, New South Wales effect. Yeah. Where New South Wales always heading his favourites when everyone's going, what? We lost seven in a row. Like, how are we favourites? So we lost four in a yeah. row, five in a row. Yeah, probably. I mean. So I think that maybe this is more a case of, even though I still think Australia are solid favourites, I think this might be more of a case of more Aussies. Probably. On and I don't country. think, like, because obviously only people in Australia can use, like, these sports bets, sports bets. So yeah, was, good point. That's a good point. That's yeah. really why their odds are so wide. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I didn't think of that because not only are Australia obviously favourites, but then you add in the bias. Yeah, for sure. But as an Aussie, you think you're going to win for, for sure. Um, the what do you think about the twenty-two and a half start, mate? I'd get on that if I was. I mean, dollar ninety twenty. Yeah. Twenty-two and a half start. See, I think, get I think, it. I think Australia will brought to you by Sportsbet, legend partners oh, over course. at Sportsbet. Of course, you do it on Sportsbet, the best in the business. You win some, but you lose more. Gamble responsibly, guys. I, I have a feeling it'll be semi-close for most of the game and then Australia might pull away at the end but 22 is a big margin yeah, I, don't, I don't think they'll get that far it's a huge margin especially like 22 points with a team that doesn't play together all year long yeah. like even if Australia kill it they're not going to click straight away Yeah. and if they do then you're going wow what a, what a you know great performance yeah, and obviously their, their four pack's amazing Australia but Samoa have a great four pack as yeah, well 22 points I think that's a bit yeah and $13 Jesus in a game of rugby league where anything can happen 13 is a big number. 13 bucks. That's, uh, yeah, that's big. Um, I can't wait to see Dylan Edwards on the edge. I, I really can't. It's going to be, um, yeah, I, I, I think got, it's going to do well. I've got to give you credit there. I didn't think, I didn't think you'd play on the wing. Like when you said it last week, I was like, yeah, I guess it's an option, but I just didn't see it happening. But here he is playing on the wing. And, and like now that I've thought about it and, and I like heard your explanation and Darius Boyd's a great example as well. It it is it is a good choice. It's a, it's a smart, solid choice. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's. He, I think he's doing really well on the wing. I think he's going to be great out of you know carrying out of his own end. Um, I can't wait to see them play together. Katoni Stag, Selwyn Cobo in an Australian mm. jersey. That's exciting. I don't know who's on what side, but I wonder if Edwards is going to come up against. He probably won't because Toto will probably be left. Will he? I'm not sure. It'll be interesting though if Toto comes up against Edwards. Mm. You don't see, I think uh, it's weird I, because we do we make a lot of good calls on the show. Yeah, but it's it's weird because like you don't really speak. You know, I mean, obviously we speak about them. Like yeah. for example, and I wasn't on the show, but obviously Guru is part of the, the bloke community, the family. Um, his call for Critter at six cracker. Like I, I'm assuming he didn't have inside mail. No, it's one of the all time calls. Oh, crazy! There's it, it, not a person in rugby league that thought he was playing six. No. I, I was actually, I think I was with him when he when he first said it because it dropped when we were in the cafe. And he's like, I think, he's looking at the team, he's like, I think Critter's going to play six here. And I was like, really? It's a great, great call. call. It's a great call. He's got, he's, fuck, he's got some guru. He's got some. Um, 
But I mean, that's what comes with watching a lot of rugby league. Hundred percent. You know, yeah. and that that's the difference between, you know, you when you watch some people talk about footy, you know, they're not watching every game. Oh yeah. You know, they're not watching every game. Whereas you can only make these calls if you are watching every game and listening to, you know, hearing not listening to sorry, watching the news cycle. Yeah. So every time news drops, seeing that, but also watching every game, it just gives you a good insight yeah. to you know. Just the feel and the vibe of what's going to happen. For sure. Um, I think a consumer can pick up very quickly if people are analysing a game, they've watched a 10-minute highlight. Yeah, for sure. Well, because it was also like fans of teams, they don't watch They don't watch every game, but they watch every second of their team. Yeah, so, so intently. Yeah, so if you get something wrong, they're going to be like, they've, they've, that's their team. Exactly. That's all they watched. Yeah. You, you, you watched every – so, um, yeah, it's a great call by the Roo. Uh, going to be Payne Haas and Tino starting. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm a bit surprised Isaiah Yo started over Paddy. Not surprised. Not surprised because I don't think Isaiah Yo could be the man. I just thought maybe he would be leaning towards Paddy because he'd played with um, he'd played with Payne so much, and obviously DC was is the seven. Yeah, that's so. It's like, whereas like Cleary as a seven, I could totally understand. Yo, look, to be honest, you cannot go wrong with Isaiah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, when you go and look at Isaiah's number this year, they are outrageously good. Yeah, like statistically, he is still the best thirteen in the comp. Yeah, like purely statistics. Now it depends on you know, do you value offloads more? Do you value meters or tackles or defense or whatever? But statistically, he's still one of the best. And you know, people would say he had a quiet in air quotation years, but. Yeah, if you look at his numbers, he killed it. He killed it. He's so bloody good. I, I think so you're right, though. I think I was a bit shocked that Paddy didn't get named to 13 purely because DCE Munster, Harry Grant, yeah. Ben Hunt. I wonder whether I wonder whether Cotter's going to maybe play on an edge and Paddy's going to come on in the middle yep. as a front rower because he does play similar. Like, he definitely has front row in him. Like, if you say, Paddy, I just need you to truck nut and tackle, he can definitely do that. Like, mm. I mean, he was doing it for a while. Yeah. I mean, matter of fact, next year you might find a front row of Paddy Carrigan, Payne House, and Kobe Hetherington at 13. So what you're, is what you're saying is at some point the front rowers for Australia are going to be Cotter and Carrigan? With you no, no, still no. on the field? I think Cotter may go on the oh, edge. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, whereas I think, you know, maybe Paddy – and look, maybe uh, Paddy goes on an edge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did so a couple got, times this year. Yeah, uh, look, I think it's going to be actually – Lindsay Collins, Paddy Carrigan are your two front rowers on the bench. I mean, technically got three, so maybe Ruben Cotter goes and defends on an edge for a little bit. Yeah. Um, or Paddy Carrigan goes and defends on the edge. But I'd say it's probably Ruben Cotter that will go to an edge over Paddy and yeah. have Paddy through the middle there. Interesting, Jake Javoyevich not on the side. Mm. But I, I just think it's a case of a little bit older now. When you look at the competition, you, you've got enough players there that have got that dog in them, that they, you know, that extra spirit that he does bring. I think they're kind of covered for it with guys like DC in the side. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, I, think, I think he's still perfect for the Blues, what we need at the moment. Um, but yeah, this current Australian team with all those with all those great forwards. Very what, hard to put put him in over... Like Ruben Cotter, we saw how good he was in origin. Very Paddy tough, Carrigan, yeah. Lindsay Collins, Harry Grant, and obviously Tino and Payne Haas. Very hard. Like, For sure. Yeah. Like, But if you watch this game and there's a lack of spirit and connection in the middle, you get him straight Thanks, in there. Straight in. Because that's, that's what he's really bringing. He's bringing really good defence and spirit. Yep. Um, yep. So you're going to be interested to see what they do there. Um, yeah, I can't wait. In regards to Samoa side, I just... Yeah, I, I just hope that they put on a good showing because I would hate for them to have such good success in the World Cup and then come in and, 
you know, get blown off the park and then everyone starts, you know, no one can ever question what they did in the World Cup, but there's plenty of people that can put shit on it, you know, and go, oh, yeah, it was a fluke. Yeah. It was a fluke. Um, even though that's not the case and we all know that, but that's I'd hate for that to happen. I'd love for them to have a solid showing against Australia so they can go, no, it was no fluke. We are here and we're here to stay. Yeah, yeah. And I think they will. I think their four-pack, like, obviously, look like, look at their starting two front rollers and their bench. Their bench is freaking crazy. Yeah. So I reckon they can definitely match it for, for at least uh, a small amount of time with the Aussies. I What do you think of Critter at six? Uh, I, I think he's just... I look at it more, more from a defence perspective. Yeah. Um... I just think that you you can't afford to have leaky edges against Australia because they will just tear you apart. Oh, for sure. So I reckon they've just gone, look, he's one of the best defensive outside backs in the competition. Get him at six. We shore up that line. Get some confidence there. Um, because obviously with Jerome Lowe out, yeah. you know, who, who's going to go there? Exactly, yeah. Very hard. Like obviously, you've got Ronald Volkman, but then you've got the Jonasi and Ronald Volkman in six and seven, yeah, two nah. rookies, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you'd much rather Critter in there, for sure. So, yeah, it's tough. Like, obviously, his ball playing is nowhere near as good as normal six, yeah. but this, uh, the coach has already said he's only selected as a ball-running six. He's not selected. He doesn't want him doing ball playing. And for that reason, I know, like, obviously, brought to you by Sportsbet, he, he's paying 550 to score a try. Oh, really? And I'm loving that. That's great. Yeah. 550. And, and Critter, getting the ball more often than he does... Mm. Pretty much almost guaranteeing a try. What I in Critter's um defense, if there's a guy that can just make it work somehow, it's Stephen Crichton. Oh, isn't he just that? He's just that guy. He's just he just makes it work. Like yeah. it doesn't leading into it, it doesn't you can't really look at anything and go, Oh, that's gonna work, or this doesn't suit him, or this does suit him. And then he'll just get in the position and he'll just give he'll play in his unique style mm. and he'll just make it work. He's just, he's such a freaking beast. Yeah. Just in every, like, even the fact that he's going to be, he's probably going to be kicking for him as well. Yeah, probably. Like, he's just, he just can do everything. I know. It's so I really good. like him. Um, Isaac Tungo, can't wait to see him get some more reps under his belt. Because, like, I thought he'd come off injured in the grand final, I think. Yeah, he did. He and came then off now early. he's playing as well. So, that's that's a really interesting whatever's going on there. Like, yeah. Um, because, what, the grand final's, what, three weeks ago now? So I think it was two and, weeks ago. And he's been in and out. Of first grade, oh but, yeah, you know for, most of the for year, sure, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going on with his his body, whether it was just a little two week injury that happened in the grand final. But th- what's surprising, I guess, about that is that you know Tungles, if you're in a grand final and you're, you're getting a two week injury or whatever, you're probably staying on. You think you stay on the field, yeah. So yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens there. I, but the main guy I can't wait to see is Far Long. Oh yeah, far out. I can't wait to see that guy. He he just seeing him against. Brisbane in that final round was just such a pleasure. So yeah, oh, can't I wait cannot to get the hands on the ball. For a long or just and if he does it against an Australian side, you're just like, okay, <sighs> all right, we got one here. We got a superstar here. What um, you reckon? What do you reckon? I know it's a long, to- long way away, but do you reckon he plays NRL next year? Mate, that's gonna be tough. Look, I, I've said from the get go, I think you put Meany at centre. Yep. Papi at fullback, and then maybe have for a long at fourteen. I'm not sure. Mm. I am not sure. I am not sure. But then you go, well, hang on a sec. Harry Grant can't play 80 minutes. Well, he can, but we don't want him to. Yeah. So very interesting what they're going to do. Very interesting. Yeah. Obviously, again, so far away, but I'd love to see him playing regular footy. My main want for Storm is I just want Pappy back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just want him back playing regular footy. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait to see him just get a full season under his belt. One of the great returns all time in rugby league. Yeah, and it's good good that, like, he's going to be back full training in, like, January or something. So we get a good couple months before the season starts. Absolutely. 
PNG versus Cook Islands. I can't wait to see PNG. I reckon yeah. PNG are the next team that are going to do something special. Like you had Tonga, Samoa. I reckon PNG is the next one up. I hope so because their fans. Oh, the <laughs> oh best. my god, they're the best. Hey, so what? Talk about passion earlier. Yeah, the only national sport. Rugby league is their national sport. The only one in the world. Yeah, wild. Oh, some of those scenes coming out of PNG are so cool. So cool to see and. If they can somehow, there's a lot of chitter chat about maybe they become the 18th NRL side and government grants and, you know, I understand it'll be really hard, but I tell you what, the atmosphere and energy that it would give rugby league to oh. have a team from PNG playing. For sure. Now, I understand there's so much that have to go right. And also, it'd be super hard to recruit because you probably couldn't have them living in PNG because a lot of people wouldn't go and live in PNG. They'd live in, you know, there's been talk that they play out of Cairns. Yep. Um, however you make it work, if you can make it work, geez, talk about the, imagine the injection that would put in rugby league, oh. the fanfare that they would have in PNG, the, the sellouts that they would have every single home game. Yeah, they'd be everyone's second favourite team oh, as well. Oh, for sure they would. For sure How they would. How was it when they, they came into the Q Cup a few years ago? Yeah, and they didn't, bloody... Didn't they win? In like the second or first year or something like that. Yeah, and that went nuts. That like yeah. I remember I was at the States, so I wasn't at the Q Cup grand final, but I was at the state championship the next week. I think it might have been 2017, I or 2016, one of those ones, I could be wrong, maybe 2016. And the PNG had a whole bay at the grand final, at the NRL grand final, because of the, because of the game before. Like, all their fans were there. It was, it was crazy. Now, speak to me. Australia struggling oh, in the Cricket God. World Cup. What's it doing, Matty? Yeah, look, where do we even begin? Um, obviously, the last few weeks, the, what's dominated is the, the Wallabies going so poorly and... Me personally, like obviously there's so many Wallabies fans out there. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll jump on the bandwagon if we win and kind of obviously disappointed if we lose, but I'm fully, fully invested in, in cricket and the la yeah, particularly last night was really, really poor. Where Australia are so, we're known for our World Cups. We won 99, 03, 2007, so that's three in a row. We lost 2011, but we still made the semis. Then we came back home and won 2015. 2019, we made the semis as well. So, like, this is our bread and butter. And what's gone wrong? We've, we've had our worst loss in World Cup history, I think it was, last night, which was I was, I was there watching it with Hammy, and we were, we, were, we were there for two hours before we took a wicket. It was just so bad. Mm. I think we broke, broke a record for drop catches in a, in a game. It was so tough to watch. Now we're none and two. Um, there's still plenty of games left, but... Don't we have to win, like, seven in a row or something to get in? I think I think we have to win all, the next seven, yeah. At yeah. least at least six of the next seven. And so, do we have any one? Are we playing like England in that or? Well, so the the way the World Cup's set up now, there's no pools anymore. Mm. There's only ten teams, so everyone plays everyone. So we've still got to play England. <laughs> yeah, we still got New to Zealand, New Zealand, Pakistan, oh, everyone. Fuck, we're in trouble. We're in huge oh, trouble. Oh shit! Yeah. All right, guys, cricket fans, <laughs> you want my take? Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> You need to bowl towards the wickets a bit better. <laughs> Paddy Cummins, I know you love this potty. Just straighten her up a bit, mate. Straight down the middle of the stumps, mate. And catches, keep your eye on the ball. Catches win matches. That's what I always say, mate. That's what I was always taught, mate. <laughs> keep your eye on the ball till it's big as a watermelon. <laughs> so there you go. Great advice. But it, like 20, like, what, so eight years ago, so two World Cups ago, mm. we won the World Cup in Australia. 
one of the greatest tournaments ever. Australia, the Wallabies, go undefeated and lose in the final to the to the All Blacks. How, f- what a fall from grace just from from both. Yeah. Since then, but in saying that, like, I mean, they're totally different teams, obviously. But also, like, our Australian side has been pretty bloody successful. Oh, last we've two been years. blessed. Yeah. We've no, been. as in like the cricket side. Oh yeah. So like yeah, this true. current cricket cricket roster, obviously we're having a Barry Crocker, mm. but last couple of years have been pretty good. We retained the Ashes. I know that we blew the lead, blah blah blah, but we re- we retained the Ashes. We retained the Ashes. Over in England. Over in England, and we won the World Test Championship. So, so it's, like, it's, been, it's been a good year. That's, and that's what's the really intriguing question about this Australian uh, cricket side now is that you had the old guard of Langer, yeah. who was very old school, very tough, and then you've got this new-aged – and look, Paddy, Cam- Paddy Cummins is tough. Like, he, he proved that. Like, with all the stuff going on for him personally, the, you know, what he mm. did in the Ashes was amazing and what he's done over the last couple of years. But I guess the real tough – question is is that sustained success when you i guess pull off the reins a little bit and that modern athlete that is more or they have the more autonomy to say what they do and don't want to do whereas like the athlete of yesteryear was like a dictatorship of the coach this is how they did things and so paddy cummins is going to have to really navigate that you know those really harsh lessons he learned from langer but also that new age you know, there's different ways to do things. Mm. And I think that's getting put under the test right now. For is, sure. And sometimes that new age of doing things, it can create a bit of inconsistency because you don't have a whipping board, like just a coach whipping you constantly. Mm. So although you may be happier and you can have these really high highs, sometimes you can have these really low lows because you don't have someone constantly making you walk on eggshells or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's a real test. And look, I think that, it's going to be very easy to get the knife, like get the forks out for Paddy Cummins, you know, in this World Cup. Very for sure. easy. For sure. And to a degree, rightly so. Captain of the country and the leader or whatever. But, you know, let's look at the last couple of years. Been pretty bloody good. It's been good. It's been pretty bloody good. So although I'm not excusing it, and again, this is just a, as you guys all know, I'm a very casual cricket fan. Like I'm just a fan of the fact that they're our country and they're playing. But just knowing teams and how teams work and being in a professional environment as, you know, sport-wise, that'll be the test is like, because when you bring in a new coach and who's the coach now? Andrew McDonald. Andrew McDonald. And, but he doesn't seem to have the same kind of... I haven't heard him interviewed once. Yeah. So it's like, it does seem that it's kind of Paddy Cummins like side. For sure. Oh, for sure it is. So yeah. we have to remember Paddy Cummins is relatively young, correct? Yeah. He's probably, oh, he's probably like 30. Yeah, so, he, so he's like, let's say he's 29 or 30. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming captains that. in the past are what, 35, 30, you know? Oh, the heart, the heart yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He got it pretty, he got it very He got young. it relatively and he, young. he also debuted when he was 18, which is so, so yeah. cricket. And look, again, this is outside looking in. So you have to remember, we're, we're also watching Paddy Cummins develop as a person, as a leader. Yeah, he's as 30. A, he's and he, 30. And he's been captain for a couple of years now. Yeah, so, so like he's going to get better. He's going to learn. And so we're watching him develop as a person, and as a player. So again, I know the pitchforks will be out and everyone will be out to get Paddy Cummins, but let's just remember we've had some pretty bloody good success over the last couple of years as, sure. as him as captain. And also, you know, I know he wasn't given captaincy straight away after the whole Sandgate incident, but he's been a, a part of the group that has led the Australian side out of the darkest day in Oh, he was he was a big part of that, for yeah. sure. For so, sure. again, it doesn't excuse the terrible results that we've had the last couple of days, but I think that, like, put it all into context. Yeah. And also, like, yes, we've had a bad couple of days, and yes, we did have a really bad T20 World Cup at the end of last year, 
But and I did I did say at the start that we're known for our white ball our one day cup, well, one day World Cup cricket like that's our bread and butter. But the Red Bull stuff, which is obviously the most important stuff, has been going pretty well, and that's that's his main job. Yeah. So and to his defence as well. World Cup in India is the hardest place for us to play. It's just the opposite of Australian conditions. Yep. So I was, I never thought we'd win this World Cup. Yeah. I thought we'd go a little, little better than last night. But, oh yeah, obviously a couple of wins, is everyone, everyone will forget it for yeah. sure. And I think that like also, you know, yeah, as you said, last at the end of last year, didn't do well, didn't do too well. But I think, wait, like if we keep having these results, then you bring out the pitchforks and go, what yeah, the hell is going, going on in camp? But, um, yeah, outside looking in, I think that so far, mm. aside from a few blemishes, looks like Paddy Cummins has done a pretty good job. We, we went to England, won the World Test Championship, and more importantly, we retained the Ashes, which is inc- literally in, in, incredible. In England. In England. Incredible. So let's not forget that. Yeah. And so it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he navigates this. And, again, we have to remember he is developing as a, as a leader, as a player, as a person as well. For sure. Yeah, you know, he'll be at 35 years old. He'll be a better leader than he was at 30. That's oh, for sure. absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, gonna be hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we just around. get a few wins on the board. That yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I, I will say though, like, and again, this is a very casual eye. They do seem to have these like real high highs yeah. and these really low Isn't lows. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it's, it just crazy? It's so hard to be a cricket fan at the moment because like. You just don't know who's going to turn up. Yeah, like we have these crazy, like for example, when we started the Ashes, we're like, we are pounding these guys into the Perfect earth. Yeah. We are absolutely dominating these guys in their own backyard. Yeah. And then we had, I think it was like one rough call or something. And then we just went to absolute water. It, we were up 2-0 yeah. on top of the world. Mm. And then, ended up what, 2 all? Yeah. We got saved by rain pretty much. We, well, we did. If it wasn't for rain, we would have lost. Yeah. So you're right. You, so that that series sums everything up perfectly. Mm. Like you just don't know what who's going to turn up. And that's that again. That is the question of finding a balance between old school leadership because you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like old school leadership, there's so much tradition. Like there's so much value in tradition and the way things were done. Yeah. But also understanding that we need to progress as athletes and sports people and mixing the two together. And I think that they're still trying to find that balance. As I said, as a casual fan a guy that's been in professional outfits, it does look like they're, they're trying to find that balance between the two at the moment. For sure. It'll be really good to get, um, to get Hammy's thoughts on Monday because he, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty casual myself. Like I'm not into cricket, like I'm into rugby league. I, mm. I'm a keen observer, but I don't know that much about it. But he, um, oh, he's deep he into loves the it. game. Yeah. Um, we'll have Hammy on for a bit longer on Monday because he's going to give us a deep dive into cricket, all you cricket fans. And I can give you some more deep insight. I mean, Paddy, <laughs> Hit the stumps, bro. Stumps. <laughs> hit the st- oh, Paddy. Hit the stumps. <laughs> How hard is it? They're like literally right in front of you, and also catch the ball. It's fucking red. How do you miss well, it? Well, this one's white at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not red. Maybe it's white. Look, the color is irrelevant. It's a color that stands out. It's a color that stands out. Look, do I know anything about cricket? Absolutely fucking not. But sometimes there's truth in metaphor. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Catch the ball, it's fucking white. <laughs> it doesn't blend in the grass, it's white. Like, it's literally almost the opposite of green. What's the opposite of green? Uh, sure. 
At least it's not red. You can barely see those things. Yeah, true. At least it's not bloody red. You can hardly see that thing. And we bloody go well at that game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to follow that one up. <laughs> anyway, that's us done and dusted. We'll go yeah. fuck ourselves. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.